is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. But I'm the race. I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the we are World Champion Podcast. We is Brighton. And we are Sean. We are two gentlemen who signed a bad contract with the Smogville World's Fair in the mysterious and weird town of Smogville. We are forced to sit in a Ferris wheel and discuss fringe and forgotten pop culture and other mysteries of the universe. We're hitting that fringe thing once again this week. We'll get to that. More importantly, tune in starting Monday, April... 31st? Yeah. May 1st, probably? It's, it's April 32nd, probably. Yeah. Uh, go to your go to your Google machine, your podcast thing, and find The Living Dead Minute, where we will be guesting on that the entire week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those, maybe you're familiar with it, one of those podcasts that watches a movie and discusses it one minute at a time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. Yeah, and this one, Night of the Living Dead, classic. Yeah. And we got some choice minutes. We got the prime minutes, really. I don't want to brag brag, Mm -hmm. but I think we got probably the best parts of the whole movie. I would say so. I was shocked. Yeah, so I'm really excited. We uh, had a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. Learned something interesting, too, um, the way they do it. First of all, they're not in a Ferris wheel, which is kind of cool, I thought. Couches and stuff. Very, very relaxed. I learned you can just hold your microphone and then kick back while talking. Because the way, for our listeners at home, if you haven't ever seen uh, the behind-the-scenes webcam, we, we actually hold boom mics for each other. Mm-hmm. We stand up, and we're each holding a boom mic for the other person to talk into, and it's really a pain. And there's times where, we've talked about this in the past, where we're laying down because there's not a lot of room in the cart. Yeah. So we're laying down feet-to-face and feet-to-face holding boom mics. Holding boom mics. Kind of at an X angle. Doing all that while trying to be funny and mm-hmm. trying to be informative. So I just hope you guys appreciate that out there in TV land, podcast land. Yeah, so check that out starting, it, it is May 1st, is, is this yeah, up, May, upcoming Monday. May 1st, we've got minutes 80 through 84, which is basically starting at 7900 mm-hmm. to 83.59 or something like that. Well, you'll discuss it on the show. It's a blast. It's going to be really funny. Listen to it. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, who, who doesn't want five times as much us as normal? Right. Can you even believe it? Can you believe we've given you this gift? I know. It, it keeps on giving. Drink giving it in, man. And giving. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention my Kickstarter again. Uh, literally, if you go to Kickstarter and type in Star Wars, it's the first thing that comes up. It's an image that says Carrie and Natalie and Felicity and Daisy, a tribute to the actresses behind our favorite Star Wars galactic heroes. Donate if you want. If not, please share it with your networks. Right. Um, we're at the halfway point on that. I'm, uh, just a, I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm almost there. Right. I'm almost at 1%. So spread that around. We'll see if it happens. If it doesn't, I'll find, a, find something else to try to kickstart. Right. I'm not going to stop kickstarting until I get something kickstarted. We've, we've, kick, we've kickstarted before. Yeah, we have. We have. And like then, a motorcycle yeah i was gonna say that that old dirt bike in the garage we 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 were and we never actually started but we were kick starting the shit out of it It took forever remember a few weeks ago when we just didn't have an episode Mm -hmm. we were trying to get that dirt bike yeah kick started yeah but Mm -mm. but let's get this kick started head on over check it out it's it's all for fun yeah or it's on our social media which you know how to find right yeah what's it been up to well okay so what have I been up to? It's what, what day is today? It's uh, the middle of the week. Yeah, the the episode's coming out. My neck is is just it's pretty sore. I'm gonna be honest because what I did this this weekend was I was able to go to Mastodon and fully explore my favorite segment: blow your speakers.
So, where are my notes? <laughs> I'm ready Mastodon, to, so Mastodon, I'm ready to jump right into this. Oh, they're on my phone. I, I forgot this is the future. You're telling me that Mastodon is some sort of rock and roll combo. Yes, a heavy metal band. How would we describe them? Like if Metallica were cool, or and on lots more drugs, or they're like uh, they kind of have a bit of a little tiny bit of Led Zeppelin. If Led Zeppelin were way into mushrooms and crack, is it fair to say? That they're the only like current heavy metal band that has crossed sort of into mainstream. Yeah, and you're not going to hear them alongside Bieber, but probably they're like the one metal band besides Metallica that people could name, and they're pretty high profile at festivals and stuff. Yeah, they, some people call them this generation's Metallica because they really have gotten huge. When we're in a world where where metal isn't like it was in the late 80s when, yeah. <laughs> when it was just Poison and all the, these bands taking over the airwaves. And for, you know, with good reason, because they're a really, really fantastic band. So I'll paint the picture for you. It's, it's in this big warehouse, right? A head in there. Across the, the crowd, I see something. You know, I see kind of a, a face kind of darting through the crowd, and it's got, it looks almost like a, a metal ski mask on his face. And he kind of had this, this shiny metallic arm with a red star on the shoulder. And, and I kept looking at him. I was like, oh, my God. Wait. I'm all, is that Jonas? Because, you know, he's, he's been gone. He's been in the, the, you know, somewhere over in the former Soviet Union. That's he's been right. here, there, everywhere. We've been getting messages from him every now and then, but they're coded. I they're, can't uncode they're coded. them. They're coded. Yeah, there's, there's, there's sightings of him here and there. We've been trying to, to, to contact him ever since... We, we stopped Fight for Comics, which, yeah. you know, he was a, one of our hosts on. I got an email from him, and the, the subject line was Hotel Echo Lima Papa. Right, right. And I was like, what is he trying to say? Yeah, I thought it was some... I don't understand any of this. Right, I thought this was just maybe podcast subjects. But, so I see him going through the crowd, and I was like, I just fought my way up to him. And I was like, Jonas. And he just looks at me like he doesn't recognize me. And I said, it's me, Sean. We, we used to do podcasts, remember? And then he just kind of like just had this glimmer of recognition. And he, and he said, you used to put newspapers in your shoes. And I, oh, and so like, yeah, so he like, he recognized Did me. you fight before that or? Yeah, a little bit of fighting. And, yeah. and like, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of, people were kind of surprised in the crowd, but it was a metal show. So a fist fight isn't that, isn't that, that wild. Crazy. Yeah. But once we settled down, it was like. We both looked at each other, and we knew it was time to watch the band. So it was great to see Jonas. I did probably embarrass him pretty bad. Uh, and I, I'm, I, I, I got a little too excited for this concert. I'm just going to put it that way. Really, really excited. And I was dancing and headbanging. <laughs> and, like, really going all out. I, I was the guy at the concert when people... You know how everyone's cool? Everyone's so cool. Yeah. And you'll go to a concert, and your friends are standing around being cool, and you'll see the one person really going nuts. And I always... And everyone makes fun of that guy. Yeah. Although, in, unless that guy is, like, bouncing into other people, mm-hmm. then I usually appreciate it. If it's just a dude dancing and boogieing... Well, I hate the guy that's, that comes up to you and grabs you and goes, Why aren't you dancing, man? Okay. That well, guy can jump in a lake. So, okay, so I was somewhere in the middle. I okay, wasn't quite again. that bad, but this yeah. is what I kept doing to people, which I kind of think probably was irritating. So I would, yeah. I, would, I would tap people on the shoulder in the crowd, and I would say, check out my air base. And then I would start <laughs> doing, air, like, air base at them. And I, and I literally was, I would, like I said, I was excited <laughs> enough that I was doing this to strangers, where I'd like, literally like, tap someone and be like, check out this air base right here. And I was just like... And so... And so I was killing it on airbase, but I'm not. That may have may have translated to annoying people around Wait, me. Wait, that was weird. That airbase gesture you just made—you mm. were playing it like a righty. But I know that when you play guitar, you're a lefty. Oh, you want to hear something messed up? Yeah. When I was in seventh grade, I took uh, guitar lessons or whatever the class was called in junior high, like intro to guitar, and my teacher forced me to play right-handed. And so even that though is messed up. Well, this is what pisses me off the most, is it's not like there wasn't a precedent for it. It wasn't like there wasn't Jimi Hendrix yeah. and Kurt Cobain and all these other geniuses that play left-handed guitar, but they, they forced me. The teacher literally forced me, or they'd fail me if I didn't play right-handed guitar. Yeah. 
So yeah, classic, classic like public school. Yeah, pu- public stuff, school yeah. is the is just the best. Yeah. So I so yeah so sadly I play right handed airbase. <laughs> okay. But I mean that's you know what can you do? It's the way I was taught airbase. But it was, it was I had so much fun. But the next day I woke up and I'm not joking. My neck was super sore. And I didn't put two and two together at first yeah. until I started realizing, oh, it hurts when I nod. Because <laughs> it wasn't really hurting when I looked left and right. But then if I nodded, and I was like, what was I doing where I would be nodding really hard? Yeah. And I, it's straight up head banging. Or like maybe your mouth was full and someone said, do you want more pie? Mm-hmm. And then you nodded really hard. Oh, but it, was, it would have been like question after question. Like another slice? Another yeah. slice? Another slice? Because <laughs> yeah. it was a lot of nodding. So they're incredible. They really are. They... I, I hate to do hyperbole day in, day out, but it might have been the best metal band I've ever seen. Huh. And, and they, they were just so incredible and so, oh, just so good. And so I want to suggest getting, going out, listening to them, get on your Spotify, or just buy this record I'm about to tell you about called Crack the Sky. They have about seven albums. Their newest one just came out, but Crack the Sky is my favorite one. It kind of is the bridge between their newer, more radio-friendly stuff and their older, very kind of extreme, screaming, thrashy, fast stuff. I think they're considered a technical sludge, maybe. <laughs> oh, tech slow. So they're they're very they have very grimy guitar sounds, and but they're very fast and technical the way thrash metal is. A lot of a lot of guitar solos. They're kind of one of those bands where you're in it for the solos. Oh, speaking of solos, mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen can rock a good solo, eh? Oh, the best. You want to talk about Beat It? Do I ever. Should we complete our Michael Jackson mini music movie trilogy? Mm-hmm. Our def- hands down, our most popular... I want my mini music movies! Woo! So Beat It was the second... Single off of Thriller Got after it. Billie Jean. Um, these, the way they've released these singles has been such a surprise to me. Yeah. Well, here's the fun thing is Billie Jean was number one on the charts for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. It was finally knocked off by Come On Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runners, <laughs> which held the number one spot for one week and then Beat It came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Not a bad song. Come, Come on, Eileen. Eileen. Yeah. No, no, fine song. I didn't care for their outfits. I don't know why they got to wear uh, overalls and no shirt. Pretty goofy. Pretty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not nearly as cool as the way Michael Jackson dresses in all these, these different videos. Yeah. Um, and while we're talking chart positioning, in Australia, Eat It ranked higher than Beat It. Oh, interesting. It, it beat It, or Eat It made it, Weird Alien Kvitz, Eat It. Made it up to number three on the charts, and beat it only made it to four. I'll tell you something that is stereotyping always bad. Like if you're complimenting like a big swath of people, is that is is that okay? I don't think so because you're still trying to boil someone's identity down to a certain set of prescribed characteristics. Okay, so I won't say this about every Australian. No, it's fine for Australians. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, you can that, do whatever oh, you want with Australians. Every Australian I've ever met has got a great sense of humor. And I'm being serious. I, I, when I was traveling the world a lot when, in my younger years, post-college, you know, backpacking, finding out who I was, you stay at lots of hostels. There was a lot of Australians. Every one of them I thought was the coolest person. They were, they were fun to drink with, fun to hang out with. And so it kind of makes sense to me that Eat It, with their great sense of humor, oh, of course, would be more popular than the actual song Beat It. I used to work for an Australian company, and so I'd have these conference calls, calls at calls at weird, calls at weird. And my boss, well, my I don't I don't know if she was my boss or what. Something something in Australia, and during this business meeting conference call, she's, well, you can't polish a turd, but you can surely roll it in glitter. <laughs> and that she was referring to the product we made. So <laughs> what a great yeah. saying. Man. So that's pretty good. Um, cor- if, if these stats are correct, we have three Australian listeners. Oh, so, all right. So they probably, so what pl- time is it there? What time does our show come out in Australia? I don't know. Yeah. Mid- well, at right least, in at least midnight, probably midnight or whatever. They have the equivalent of their nighttime midnight. Yeah. it probably has something, some kind of weird thing. Dingo yeah. hour or something. The, the dingo hour. <laughs> 
Um, beat it. So you know those opening notes that like chung mm-hmm. chung. So well, so Michael wrote this song. Okay, he wrote this himself uh, after Quincy Jones told him he wanted a rock and roll song on the album. Uh, in the vein of My Sharona. Michael Jackson was not into rock and My roll. My God. My Sharona is maybe the worst song ever written. I, I can hate kind, that song. I can sort of see how that riff would evolve into the Beat It riff, though. Like, you know those pictures that morph? Well, like in the black and white video, you know when people are morphing? Yeah. I feel like you could do that with the My Sharona riff and then eventually make it the Beat It riff. I can sort of see that. I'm curious if My Bologna was more popular in Australia than My Sharona. Because oh, that, yeah. that is the Weird Al, yeah. my, my Sharona, my Bologna. Oh, that's what put him on the map. And it's got a great burp in that song. <laughs> like, maybe the greatest belch ever recorded. Before we started recording, I watched the live version, but I, I don't know that I've heard the studio version in a while. Of My Bologna? Of My Bologna. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, so Jackson had no interest in rock and roll, but he wrote this because he was like, okay, well, what kind of rock and roll song would I like if I liked rock and roll music? What what so what what does he like? Does he have a, a favorite type of music? Just himself? Probably just yeah. Whatever I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah, I don't like rock and roll, but I'll like it if I do it. All right, fair enough. Um, and he want he particularly wanted children to enjoy it, school children as well as college students. So, right. So and it, it works. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, beat it. Um, well, here's the thing about kids: they love to dance. They love to dance fight. I I just. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I just was hanging out with my niece, and, and we did. We tied our hands together and pulled out knives and tried to stab each other while dancing. Yeah, oh, it's so funny. If, yeah, if, you're, and we're if laughing. you find yourself stuck, like, mm-hmm. babysitting your cousin or your sister's mm-hmm. kids or whatever, that's a go-to move. And I'm going to tell you something. A five-year-old can't stab very hard, so the, her, the, the blade was barely, barely going into me. But I'm telling you, I, I was bearing it to the hilt in her thigh. Well, you give like, them, ah! yeah. No, it's just fun. They need to learn. It was one of those just keychain knives, so don't get all upset. It was only a two-inch blade. Yeah. And, I mean, you can barely cut a hangnail with that. Right. So, uh, so that song, or that sound, is from a Synclavier digital synthesizer, which was a new type of synthesizer that came out the year before and came with an LP called The Incredible Sounds of the Synclavier Synthesizer. That sounds cool. That had a demo, a bunch of demos on it, and they just copied that demo note for note. No. Yeah. That jung, jung, jung. I've often, if you, if you catch me in a bar talk, playing air bass to strangers, yeah. I've often talked about uh, the 80s were a time where technology really, really influenced music. Yeah. Because all these keyboards came out, all these brand new synthesizers and digital drums, and yeah. it really created a lot People of... People wanted to use them immediately. Right, and they're fun. Yeah. Like uh, that signature sound from the edge on Joshua Tree Mm -hmm. his weird delayed guitar thing Mm -hmm. someone just mailed him a guitar while they were recording and was like check this thing out it's crazy really yeah and then they they said that while they were writing songs edge was in the other room trying to learn how to work this contraption that's great and then eventually hit that like that delayed echoey whatever it's called thing that's pretty Wow, that's pretty amazing. I was in a punk band years ago, and when we would go into the studio, we'd do the same stuff. We'd find stuff in the studio to mess around with, yeah. and a lot of it ended up on the recording. But we were just a bunch of clowns, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's amazing to think that <laughs> you 2 and Michael Jackson yeah. and these legendary musicians are doing the same exact thing yeah. as, you know, as me. Yeah, so they're your colleagues. Colleagues. colleagues that's, what, that's what I was getting at, musical colleagues. Um, so uh, Eddie Van Halen did it for free. He performed the solo on this song. Hmm. He did it for free, and uh, everyone said that, they're like, you idiot, this is going to be a big hit. And he says, well, I know that. I just did it because I wanted to do it. I wanted to do a favor to MJ. Oh, yeah, I don't think Eddie Van Halen's so, really struggling for money. Right, so and it's, it's not like he was, it, he wasn't like bamboozled. Like, yeah. look, Eddie, our budget's really low on this. We, can, we can't pay you. But we can definitely give you credit. This will look great mm-hmm. on your portfolio. Right. People want to see that a rock and roll guitarist has played on a pop album. Like, trust me, this will help you get those internships you're looking for. <laughs> well, I love to, to think that rock and roll works that way through internships. You'll <laughs> yeah. get an internship in Van Halen. You're already letting them use your name without getting any royalties. Maybe you can get in Van Halen. Yeah, and the way the internship works is you're there on the entire tour. You're getting the brown M&Ms in the trash. 
you're tuning mm-hmm. the guitars, and then finally, maybe the last couple nights of the tour, they let you play a riff on stage. Well, I'm going to tell you, though. how internships work. The most successful intern ever that you can point to is S.A. Martinez, who is in 311. <laughs> right. He went from getting coffee and, and grabbing lunch to uh, still getting coffee and grabbing lunch, but also rapping for 10, 15 seconds every few 311 right. songs. Right. He just tells, he's like, hey, you know, the semester's almost over. Mm-hmm. I've really, I've gotten some great rock and roll experience, but my... My advisor, they need to see me actually like doing mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. thing I'm interning for. Um, so yeah, so it's 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 a good it's a pretty great system. The the music industry is really great to people. Um, they thought Quincy Jones thought Eddie's solo was too tough, so they manipulated it in post to take the distortion out and make it a little cleaner of a sound. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it was like this is a little it's still, too metal. It's still pretty rock and rolly though. Oh yeah, it's so fast. What year was this? Did you mention that already? This is 1984. So two, 1982. Two. So Van Halen weren't quite the megastars they turned into quite yet. I don't think. I yeah, that's my feelings on this, but I could be wrong. Um, well, let's just trust your feelings. And I think so. I think that's how we should do this. Um, so let's uh, just kind of wanted to give you some background info on the song, but let's talk about the video. Who who came up with the concept for this? Michael did. Oh, perfect. I had because, a feeling. Yeah. Michael grew up in Gary, Indiana. And Gary, Indiana is kind of like a meme these days. Like you spend time on Reddit, whenever Gary, Indiana is mentioned, it's supposed to be the worst town in the entire country. And I guess always has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a few miles from Chicago. Okay. It's kind of a place where the cops say, don't stop at the stop signs. Just roll right through them. It's fine. Because a lot of dancing gangs? Because or? of all the dancing gangs, yeah. So Michael says that right out of his front window, they'd see gang rumbles and, and stuff like this. Real? I don't know if I'd buy this. He said he... Said he uh, Jermaine said that. Jermaine. Never mind. This is Jermaine suggesting that the inspiration came from Gary, Indiana. Because as, lo- as cool as these gangs are, in, when I was watching it, I was thinking, this is what a gang looks like to someone who's all, who's never seen a gang but they've had a gang described to them. Yeah. So you're just like this is what so if you had an alien make make a music video about gangs and they're just or no, even better. Let, let's say it's someone far in the future and there's no longer gangs. Yeah. But they they've read about gangs in in history books and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to make a music video with some gangs in it." Well, I like that every type of gang is represented within the same gang. Mm-hmm. There's like your typical Southern California street gangs. There's guys in zoot suits. Yeah. I've actually, in my notes, got no unifying theme to these gangs. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the, every one of the white guys looks the same. They've got the same like baby face. Mm-hmm. And then the floofy hair and the dangly earrings and the pushed up sleeves. The, the main knife fight gang, white gang guy, looks like he's like a new wave guy. He's got a cool shirt. His, his yellow and black striped shirt's really cool. And then he's wearing Chuck Taylors and skinny yeah. jeans, and he has buttons on his jacket. Like, he dresses like I do. I would argue that nobody in either of these gangs looks threatening at all. Well, you ready to have your mind blown? Oh, please. Please tell me these are real gangs. Jackson insisted <laughs> that they cast both the Crips and the Bloods. <laughs> No. So there no. are there are eighteen professional dancers, four break dancers, and eighty gang members from uh, Southern California. That be true. Are you serious? Yeah. Gosh, maybe the ga- the Crips and the Bloods aren't so scary. I always pictured them being a lot scarier. I feel like you can spot. I mean, obviously, you can tell which ones are the professional dancers, the ones that were dancing real well. Right. Um, I feel like you can spot the Crips and the Bloods. I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to pay, pay more attention. Maybe I was just distracted by all the dancing. Yeah. And the cool clothes. And then they actually filmed it on Skid Row, on the literal Skid Row. Oh, my God. I, I would have guessed they filmed it, like, at the Disney Channel lot or something. Yeah. Because that means that... Okay, we'll, we'll get into it to eat it in a second. Oh, and get, uh, CBS, the, uh, who owned the, the record label, they refused to finance this crazy idea. So Michael paid for it all himself. God. He paid $150,000 for this video. I wonder if there's ever been a point in history when any of the kind of executive money guys ever made the right decision. <laughs> right. Ever, ever said, you have as much money as you want. We can tell this is going to be huge. But yeah. it's always the opposite. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's always, you think of the most successful album of all time and everybody was fighting against having it released, right? Yeah. I want to uh, do a shout out 
to Michael Jackson's kick-ass outfit and kick-ass keyboard shirt. Yeah, I it, love it, the keyboard shirt. It is very new wave. But this, this red, red leather jacket is not quite the thriller one, but it's still really cool. Yeah, I might even like it better than the thriller one because it just looks less complicated. Well, it's less iconic, but, but I, it's one that I maybe would wear. Right, I, this I, is one you could wear out in life, sort of, maybe, if you're really yeah. able to pull it off. That's all about attitude. Yeah. What, so as the, as the video starts, the gangs are, are they're on the move. They're, yeah. they're going to meet up. And Michael Jackson is laying in bed, and he seems like he's in a lot of turmoil. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out what is the story here. Is he in both gangs? Is he friends with the gangs and knows something bad's about to happen? Like, did you, did you get that same sort of, like, anguish when he's laying in bed? Um, he, he looks like a teenage girl waiting for a boyfriend to call. That, that's exactly that, what he looks that, like. That never calls. Yeah. Maybe he's the only person in this neighborhood that's not in the gang. Okay. And he's trying to say, guys, there's a better way. We can dance. Which, which is a true sentiment. It is a better way. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing's way better than fighting. Yeah, actually, a guy named uh, Bob Giraldi played a big role in this. He actually wrote and directed it. So I think, so Michael had the basic idea of mm-hmm. gang violence. And then this Bob guy came up with that and said, Michael, you're waiting for him to call. He's not going to call. You're going to have to go down there yourself. Mm-hmm. And confront this, th- these gangs that aren't going to call you. Yeah. So the guy with the mustache and the dragon, the jacket and the white outfit that's, that guy's cool looking too man. that that's michael peters so he is the choreographer on this one and on uh thriller oh perfect because i was gonna say there's a part where they're dancing and he kind of jumps in and it looks yeah. so effortless yeah it looks like it's something that looks easy but i guarantee to go from standing around looking cool in a game and suddenly yeah. joining in perfect motion with everyone else dancing is probably one of the hardest things you can do and it's so fluid and and yeah, fluid. That's I mean, the this word. this set up Thriller because it was and Michael Jackson's like whole thing of giant groups of people dancing in unison, mm-hmm. which is which is just great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what? I mean, the diner that that shitty diner that shitty pool hall. Mm-hmm. I like if I was a gang leader, I'd definitely roll around on a forklift. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I like how Mad Maxy that is. That's classic '80s gangsta coming in on a forklift. <laughs> I know it's really making a statement. Yeah, <laughs> I can respect that. What the, something that always sort of bothered me is when they get tied together and then start knife dance fighting. Yeah. I, even as a kid, I was thinking if I was in this situation, the first thing I would do is just immediately stab the other guy in the forearm that's tied to me. Just start hammering away at that. You know, just start yeah. stabbing because it, it's inches away and he's tied to you. Yeah, it seems like a, a knife fight would... In the movies, there's always like this sort of cat-and-mouse dueling thing going on. Mm-hmm. It seems like a knife fight in real life would end real quick because someone's just going to stab. Right. I'm, if I have a knife and a guy's, another guy's coming out with a knife, I'm not going to be like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm in position. <laughs> it's not Skyrim. I'm not going to get into <laughs> I, Skyrim sneak position. I know. <laughs> and, then, and then move, keep my feet still, but just move my belly out of the way mm-hmm. so he can't stab it. Yeah, it's you something... Know, some, I, I saw Train Spotting 2 recently, and something I really appreciated about it is every time that Begbie tries to pull a knife on Mark Renton, he just starts to run. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't try to fight. He just runs away. Well, you know what they say about knife fights is the loser dies in the street and the winner dies in the ambulance. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, there's no, there's no good knife fights. Only dead knife fights. Yeah. And they learned here, too, that the dancing is better than violence. And, yeah... Yeah, that's true. So it's kind of, it, it, it almost has a real message. That's what I, I like about it is even though it's real strange, it sort of does convey that violence is bad. It's a pretty basic thing, and we can work out our differences through, well, not, not through dancing. That sounds ridiculous. But I mean, yeah. through harmony, I guess. Or, or, you know what I mean? Through, through some sort of shared activity that doesn't involve hurting each other. Right. So it's kind Maybe of, that's basketball. Maybe yeah. it's basket weaving could be anything as uh, long as nobody's getting hurt it went on to be in uh an anti-drunk driving campaign called S- drinking and driving can kill a friendship what did the song the song beat it yeah so it was on commercials uh anti-drunk driving commercials and then president reagan gave michael an award for that 
That doesn't sound like he did much. Reagan said that Jackson was proof of what a person can accomplish through a lifestyle free of alcohol or drug abuse. People young and old respect it. And if Americans follow his example, then we can face up to the problem of drinking and driving. And we can, in Michael's words, beat it. That Ronnie said that? Rappin' Ronnie? Rappin' Ronnie. Does Michael Jackson not drink or do drugs? Or, I mean, that was his image, at least at the time. Yeah, because remember we, when we talked about Thriller, he was so religious and hated the occult. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah. Okay. It never occurred to me. I guess my default thinking is every single musician is on every drug and drunk constantly. I can't. Well, I mean, certainly certainly had some prescription drugs. Oh, that's Later right. on. I guess, I guess we're playing the, the what, what, what would you call it? If it's prescribed, it's not a drug. Like, what's a drug and what's not a drug? Change the definition of drugs. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's like like how you rescue people from poverty by raising the limit. Right. Okay. Um, According to the Daily Mirror, which is not a reputable source, Mm -hmm. or is it? Maybe. um, Before his London comeback announcement, he was so drunk that he needed to be slapped sober. Michael Jackson? Yeah. By who? Whoever was around. You're telling me like he was about, he was going to do a press conference about his, his big show comeback in London, and someone is li- literally going, get a hold of yourself! Get, get this man some coffee! Yeah. I, I would love to see that. I hope it was at the press conference. Aaron Paul claims he spent a night getting drunk with Michael Jackson and the Prince of Brunei. I can't imagine Michael Jackson being drunk. Aaron Paul? Is that the guy from Breaking Bad? Yeah. Well... Huh. God, that sounds way unlikely. What? So Michael Jackson died in two thousand nine. What was he already? Was Aaron Paul famous enough to hang out with Michael Jackson? No, it was before he was famous. So what was he doing hanging out with Michael Jackson and the Prince of Brunei? We'll what have is, to read that article what's later. Brunei, Brunei. That's like the, where the richest man in the world is. It's some sultanate. Oh, like the richest man in the world is always the Sultan of Brunei. Wow. It's somewhere, somewhere in. I've never even heard of that. Somewhere either in the Middle East or Southeast Asia or the Pacific. or It's, it's very similar to, to where I live, which is my United States of whatever. There you go. I, that's the second time that song has come up today. You're kidding. Weird. Yeah, it's one of those things. Wow. Uh, David Guest. And who doesn't Good old love David, David Guest? Guest. <laughs> love that guy. Uh, in his book, he describes the first time Michael Jackson ever got drunk. So... Okay. And says that he uh, became a real wine guy. So, so that's nice. Well, at the time. Read that on your own time. Ronald Reagan, he, you know, this is a, a good message. Beat it when you think about you're going to drink and drive. Beat it instead. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, that's a bit suggestive. I don't okay. think he meant it that way. It's, it's all about phrasing, I guess, in that case. <laughs> So what about eat it? All right, let's get to yeah, let's get to the Australian popular, more popular song, "Eat It" by Weird Al Yankovic. At this point, how famous was Weird Al? Was this what really got him big? What 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 had he done before this? At this point, well, I've got to hand it to the Wikipedia okay. entry on "Eat It," which <laughs> oh, yeah. is a must read. This one has really slipped under the radar because it is just it's full of weird capitalization. Weird spelling things. Yeah, it was. Uh, the, the, I guess everything's spelled right, but there's some really bizarre capitalization. I would, yeah, I would call the prose weird. Even <laughs> it's perfect. Maybe he did it then. Mm-hmm. And and the video description is basically a big wall of text that says repeatedly. The video then shows. Mm. So the video then shows the gang members coming out of the drains. The vid- the video then shows a man putting on a white jacket. Blah, the blah, video, blah. Then, the video sh- then shows Weird Al laying on the bed with food. The next part of the video shows... It's great. You have to read this. Um, now, now, it looks like... now. Well, now that I found out this was actually Skid Row, because it looks like an identical diner. It looks, it looks like the same set, which I assumed was some kind of, you know, on the Warner Brothers lot or something. Yeah. Some part of it must have been filmed there, unless they just found out where this awful, nightmarish neighborhood was. Well, yeah, maybe they, yeah, maybe they did recreate it with with movie magic. Yeah, this was 1984. I was mistaken. This actually did make it to number one in Australia. Oh, Beat nice. it was number three, so it it got it there. I, the thing 
I, gosh, it's funny to think about, to see these videos that I watched a lot when I was a kid and I, and I, and to, to have the same memories pop up that it's, you know, a memory I haven't thought of in, you know, 30 years. Yeah. But when it first shows Weird Al laying on the bed, as a kid, I remember how awesome I thought it was that he has a pizza in bed with him. <laughs> yeah. And that was like a dream for me. It's still sort of a dream. Yeah. But I mean, you got your own, cause you know, I got, I got brothers and parents. You don't ever get a, a full pizza when you're a little kid. And the idea of having a pizza and you eat part of it and then lay the rest in your bed so you can like, you know, you're reading your comics. Oh, I'm just going to have a slice of pizza right here in bed. I, I had this memory and I know it's an original. I know it came from my childhood of wanting a bed pizza. I always dreamed of having uh, a vending machine in my room. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, I'd I'd want that now. The more things change, the more they stay the same is what I found out about life. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an adult. I still take a double take when I see a real kick-ass Skeletor toy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, wow, man, that's nice. So this was off Weird Al Yankovic in 3D, his second album. Okay. And it was his biggest hit up until White and Nerdy. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's a huge gap. That's like 20 years. Well, I mean, he had hits in between, but this Nobody was Nobody as yeah. a big a hit. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this is probably his finest work. Um, he just, he knows how to rhyme a word with another word. No, that's a bold statement. You can't take that away from him. It, that's, that's true, but that is a pretty bold statement because he has got some good work. I, I think it just combines, I like food things. Mm-hmm. I like what about, song, what, what I about like songs fat? about snacks. Well, he re, what about part two of this, bad and fat? Fat's pretty great. Well, we're going to have to save that for another show. True. I'm glad we're taking this novelty road for 2017. Yeah, no, just Michael Jackson novelties. Who could have predicted when we started this show over a year ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, after 63 episodes, this is what we'd be doing. <laughs> I thought we were going to be interviewing B-list celebrities or something. Right. I don't know. I don't right. know. And here we are, talking about Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> yep. He won a Grammy. For, for this song? Yeah, for this album, I believe. Did Michael Jackson win one, too? I hope he did. Well, it wasn't the Grammy for best... Best life. I'm sure it was best polka, spoken mm. word, or novelty record. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, did Eddie Van Halen... He didn't play on this song, too, did he? No, it was that guy that exploded... <laughs> Oh, that's, that's right. And his fingers were catching on fire from playing guitar. Yeah, best comedy recording. Eat it. it yeah. C- comedy is such a strange thing. Because you've got, you've got like sarcastic kind of comedy. You've got satire. You've got... I was watching this and thinking, is this even comedy? You know, there's surreal comedy. But it's, uh, it's just... It's really silly. It's really, really silly. It's doing that um, Zucker Brothers. Like, like airplane, airplane and thing. Top Secret. Yeah. yeah. Lots of really obvious sort of, what would you call them? Visual puns? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, I kind of feel like this is comedy without any, any borders. It's international. It's no yeah. matter what language you speak. I think it's probably funny anywhere, right? I don't know. To I mean, see, but, to see, <laughs> but when you translate it, it's it's not going to rhyme as well. Well, no, but I mean, I mean, just the visuals in in, oh. in the music video. But or, it's only funny because of "Beat It." Like, if you haven't seen "Beat It," is this funny? It's just, I, I mean, I, I think it's know. funny just to be silly sometimes. You know, I mean, like, I guess. So if, I, I, I guess if you're a child and you've never seen "Beat It" and you watch this, you'd think it was funny that the one guy was always having to pull his pants up. You think it was funny that this nerd Weird Al was acting so tough and right. knocking chairs over. So, so probably if you're a kid, you'd still like it. So you're saying that when I was playing Air Bass at the, at the Macedon concert, it's only funny if someone's actually seen someone play bass, an actual bass. Right. If you've never seen someone play bass, it's not going to be that funny, I don't think. Gosh, I, as much as I was just kind of almost dissing on this type of humor, I literally was doing that this week. I was doing a Weird Al Yankovic version of a Mastodon song. Yeah, you were being the poor man's Jack Black. Wow, that's, that's kind of, that's tripping me out a bit. Guess what? Eat it, beat out at the Grammys. <laughs> Rappin' Rodney. Oh, really? Yeah. That was a strong year for comedy Grammy records. Yeah. Rappin' Rodney, the uh, Rodney Dangerfield rap single. Wow. What, what a golden era. Golden era of novelty. Of just everything. I just... I, have you seen that photo? Uh, who's in it? It's 
Rodney Dangerfield. Oh God, I'm gonna blow it now. It's there's a there's a picture and it looks like the coolest party of all time. And it's in the photo is like Pee Wee Herman, Rodney Dangerfield, and like oh dang it, I'm gonna have to look it up. I blew it. So interesting. I'm just looking at the Grammy comedy. It's mostly stand-up comedy in recent years, but I guess uh, I forgot Lonely Island. Flight of the Concords, Jimmy Fallon, they're all keeping the novelty song mm-hmm. genre alive. And perhaps higher profile than ever. If they count as novelty songs, or they're sort of tongue-in-cheek funny songs, but they don't have nearly enough goofy sound effects. Yeah. No, I guess novelty, it, everything's just blurred together these days because it's what, what exactly is considered novelty? Like if you have a, a great song and it's got a couple funny lines or it's got a funny premise... How how what where does novelty begin and fine art end type thing you know right I mean I I guess I just I can't lump Flight of the Concords and Fish Heads in the same category but why not yeah that's true okay what so in this they they don't have the same guys they for the gangs they don't tell me that Weird Al went out and got the Bloods and Crips <laughs> I doubt it that would be unreal uh it they look very similar. So, true. so whoever was paying attention to detail, mm. almost as if that was their job, right? did a fine job of getting the outfits perfectly. Well, the locales, I, I'm convinced, are, are legit. That, that diner, I know, is the same. I'd be shocked if that was some kind of recreation of a diner. It seems like everything is, you know, because I watched them back to back. And it's, I wonder, how far apart were they, like, time-wise, were they filmed? A couple just a, of years. Just, an, an actual couple years? Yeah. It, th- this didn't come out the same year? No, this didn't come out until 1984. Oh, wow. That's, I'm more impressed. I almost feel like they did one after another. Where, where, but I guess Weird Al would have to have time to let the song become famous and iconic in order to mock it. But, I mean, you know, it's, you'd save a lot of money and time if you just finished the Michael Jackson production, kept the camera crew, and then just started filming the Weird Al version, which they probably did later once Weird Al was real established. Yeah. Where he would almost choose the, the the song before it was even written. And it could just be Hollywood magic. That wouldn't be unreasonable to think that they just built those sets to look just like the... Uh, it's probably true. all in that's one true. like tiny little warehouse in yeah. uh, Burbank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's why it's Hollywood. If you can recreate a spaceship, I guess you can recreate a <laughs> shitty diner from a Michael Jackson video. You right, know, or it's filled with fog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just can't find any behind-the-scenes info, so we'll just have to call Weird and ask him mm-hmm. you know, for next episode. All right, great. Yeah. But anyway, there you go. Beat it slash eat it. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's eat some letters. We got, any, we got anything good? You seem to have an actual letter letter. I do. You have a paper letter that came in the mail. Yes, I want to I give a shout-out to a friend of the show going back before the show even existed, back mm-hmm. to the fight for comic days, and someone who I'm convinced, if, if we lived closer than 2,000 miles apart, would probably be my best friend, and that's John Furtenbaugh. He wrote in. He sent me some cool patches. I haven't even opened this yet because I was saving it for the show. Oh, good. Should we, should we see what's in here real quick? Yeah. So is this just unsolicited? You just got some mail and you know there's some stuff in it? No, he, he wrote me and he said he'd making a bunch of kick-ass patches. And since I have a battle, you know, battle jacket, yeah. he sent me some of the patches he made. Let's see what we got. We got the Eye of Sauron. Oh, bitchin'. Which we've been talking about Lord of the Rings. And he has a Lord of the Rings question in, in the letter he wrote. Bless the Maker. I'll take pictures of these and put them on the World Champion thing. Oh, that's thing. Dune? It's Dune, yes, the Maker. It's a giant worm from Dune. And then we got just a couple uh, stickers, it looks like. Oh, crap. Don't drop those on the air. I know. That's embarrassing. Oh, we got like a little god. Oh, it's his band. So Slobulus is his band, right? Right. And so we got a sticker of kind of a Godzilla thing. And we got some skull and crossbones. Wow, he really sent me a bunch of crap. Hail Doom. Uh, he, he just knows how much I like good junk. But let's let's get to the letter. That's just cool. That's just super cool that people send you stuff. That's mm-hmm. I, I'm really. That's cool. If you that's if cool, you man. do you do you have a jacket that's got tons of doom metal patches on it? No. Well, then you need to 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 do that and then start announcing it to the world. 
Maybe I'll give you one of these patches if you play your your, not, your, your doom right. They're not addressed to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I can okay. give anybody my address, though. Here's some podcast business. Well, this went straight to the, the Smogville Fair. Oh, yeah. It's a, in fact, most of the letter was redacted. It was blacked out because it goes through, uh, you know, Mr. Pumpernickel. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's his question. There's been, a, there's been a lot of Lord of the Rings talk lately, and I wanted to see if you guys agree with the particular stance I have regarding the concept of wizardry in pop culture. People often lump Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth wizardry into the same vein as Harry Potter universe, and I believe there should be a distinction. People are entitled to like what they like, of course, but I feel as though holding Gandalf in the same regard as Dumbledore is insulting. Tolkien's concept of magic and mysticism to me seems rooted more in serious, albeit fantastical, tone, while Rowling's Potterverse has a goofy and dumb undertone, even at its most dark and serious moments. There is just a certain amount of whimsy permeating everything in Harry Potter land that, just can't get, that I just can't get into at some level. Maybe it's because I remember reading Lord of the Rings as a kid and finding it very challenging, especially for someone in middle school. Ditto. That's how I was. Could barely understand it. I felt proud when I finished the three books and, I e- and eager to continue thinking about that world. Contrast that with how I felt after reading nine billion pages of Harry Potter. I thought it was entertaining enough, but kind of written for babies. And Neville is the chosen one at the end. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I think they both have their place in pop culture land, but are they equal? I think not. I guess it's all pretty dumb to think about this too seriously. <laughs> but maybe this could be worthy of discussion. If we'd stopped thinking about things seriously when we realized how dumb it was, we would have yeah, no gotten one episode of the show, yeah. and that's the end of that. No show. So I guess his point is that do, – do, do you think people kind of lump them together? Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily unfair. They, they're both called wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, they do magic stuff. They have sticks that do magic stuff. I'm going to say that Dumbledore, without a doubt, is based on Gandalf. Yeah. I, I can't imagine him not being completely... Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's based on Gandalf. Right. Obi-Wan. Right. Is Obi-Wan a wizard? Maybe. They call him a wizard in Star Wars. Gandalf has... I'm going to agree with you, John. And not just because you sent me a lot of good junk. But just because it, there is a level of very seriousness. It's almost like Gandalf is serious but can have moments of, like, whimsy and kindness. Oh, he's a fun-loving dude, absolutely. But, but I would argue that Dumbledore is goofy with moments of seriousness. No, I, no? Disagree, I disagree with that. Okay. And I'm no Harry Potter fan. I'm not sticking up for Harry Potter because I'm a big fan of it. Okay. But Dumbledore, at least, I've only seen the movies, mm-hmm. and I feel like his portrayal in the movies is pretty much just exactly Gandalf. Gandalf? Like, they're just kind of the same guy. God, they're... They're, they are really kind of portrayed the same. Someone who's very powerful yet gentle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Hagrid is Samwise, probably. <laughs> Good old Hagrid. I love that. Hagrid's just like this giant caveman bum that for some reason gets to live on the school grounds. I, I don't know. I quite like Harry Potter. I, I really enjoy that whole world. And not as much as Lord of the Rings. But only because I feel like I, I, I read the books before all the movies came out, and I would I feel like they sort of fall apart. I think they're good up until like the fourth book, but I feel like I thought that's when it was supposed to start getting good. Well, it's when it gets serious, but I don't think I think the main difference is that J.R.R. Tolkien is a, a really great writer, and J.K. Rowling has got some good ideas, but is not really that great of an actual writer. Yeah, that's true. She's definitely got a wonderful imagination. Yeah, wonderful imagination. And so I... That sounds so condescending. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully everyone knows what I mean. Like, like a little kid, like, well, he's got a good imagination. Well, I just mean... She, her, I mean, she, like, the concepts and stuff she's come up with and the plotting and stuff is great. It's just, like, her word, her use of words. Yes, she's not, she's not a, a professor of, of language, like Jarrah yeah. Tolkien. yeah. Who you know was an incredible had an incredible mind for words. Yeah, and she more had an incredible mind, or has an incredible ma- incredible mind for just great ideas. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and, and it's not neither one is 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 an insult to either one of them yeah. or her or anyone. I'm seeing that the battery is almost dead in our boom mic, so we we will maybe pick this back up next week. Okay, after we've let it digest. 
Okay. Um, but I don't want to have an abrupt ending when these batteries die. All I'm right. sorry, I forgot to change them. So. All right, let us know what you think about any of this. Yeah, worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. Facebook is just World Champion Podcast. But, oh, leave us a review and rating in iTunes, please. Mm-hmm. I need to start saying that in the middle. Right, do that. I'm say it in the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then check out uh, the Living, what was it, Living Dead podcast? It's called The Living Dead Minute. Mm-hmm. And that is at, uh, you can find it on moviesbyminute.com, or maybe it's moviebyminute.com, or maybe it's moviesbyminutes. Mm-hmm. Um, just Google it. We've got resourceful fans. You'll be able to find it. Yeah. I, and forgive me for not being prepared with this. But there you go. And we'll link to it on our socials. I feel like I had one more thing to say, but... Jeez, I wonder what it is. Give me one more second. Give me, give me three more seconds. How much more battery life we got? Is it flashing red right now? It's moviesbyminutes.com. We are flashing red. Living Dead Minute comes up. They, it's part of a, a sort of network called thatmightbecool.com of several podcasts. Oh, this is the last thing. This is kind of weird, but I've been dying to make a metal mixtape, and nobody I know likes, likes metal. So if anyone listening to the show wants me to mail you a mixtape of, of a bunch of metal songs I like, I would love to do that. Well, there you go. Write us in. You know how to reach us. Metal mixtape. World champion mixtape. Probably on a CD. Yep. It'll be, it'll be on a CD. All right. Uh, there's still... Wait. There was a little bit more... 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 A little bit more...